You're listening to Devotions with Pastor Daniel Williams, taken from the Redemption Church YouTube channel. Today what I want to do is I want to talk to you uh, from Galatians chapter 3, verse 15 through 19. It's a larger section. And last time we met, our last devotional, we talked about sort of the deficiencies of the law. Today what I want to do is walk through this long section and just have God's word meditate, uh, wash us over and meditate on it and really answer the question, what is the purpose of the law then for Christians, for believers in Jesus? We even, what, what, what do we, what do we uh, do? We know that we're saved by faith. We're sustained by, uh, by grace. In fact, Galatians three eleven says now is it, and now it is evident that no one is justified or declared righteous before God by the law for the righteous shall live by faith. We're to live by faith, but yet we're going to see what is the purpose of the law. Why did God give us the law? And um, what's the what's the point of it? And just from right from the get-go, I want you to understand the big idea of the law, uh, God's law that he gave to man, it points us to Jesus. It points us to Jesus. And this is a big section of scripture that I want to break down sort of in three helpful thoughts or understandings about the purpose of the law. Uh, number one is this. The law was intended to be a system and not a savior. Verses 15 through 18. The law was intended to show us our sin. Verses 19 through 22. And the law was intended to point us to Christ. Verses 29 through 20. Uh, 23 through 29. So let's jump into it. The first point of the law of God. Uh, the law was intended to be a system and not a a savior, a system and not a savior. I'm going to read verses 15 through 18 and break it down a little bit for us. Uh, it's first section. It says to give a human example, brothers, even with the man-made covenant, no one annuls it or adds to it once it has been ratified. Now the promises were made to Abraham and his offspring. It does not say the offsprings referring to many, but to one and to your offspring, who is Christ. This is what I mean. The law, which came 430 years after, afterward, does not a law, a covenant previously ratified by God, so as to make the promise void. For if the inheritance comes by the law, it is no longer comes, and no longer comes by promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. Now again, these are big, important concepts. We can spend hours and hours upon them, but this first section really talks about how the law was intended to be a system and not a savior. Before we get too deep into the purpose of the law, I think it'd be probably wise to define the law and just talk about it in the context of what the Bible says. The law is a set of rules given to the nation of Israel as they were being established as a nation. The law was given to this great prophet named Moses on Mount Sinai in a very special, glorious way, right? Uh, to help the nation really thrive and have order, standards. So much so, God gave them 613 Levitical laws, gave it to Moses when Moses met with God, and um, they say he set up this system, uh, the Old Testament or Old Covenant, and said, you will be blessed if you follow these rules. It will bless your life. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, it talks about that. You'll be blessed if you apply it, and you'll be cursed if you don't. Now, you may not know all sixteen uh, or 613 uh, laws. That's okay. Neither do I. But most of us know uh, from Exodus chapter 20, the Ten Commandments. Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 17, sort of gives us the, the summary of these laws of the Ten Commandments. And these are these are God's um, 
rules given to the nation of Israel and given to people uh, of his morality, of his ethics, of what he wants as a standard. Let me just summer them up and say them for us. You shall have no other God before me. Uh, You shall not make yourself an idol. You shall not take the name of God in vain. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Honor your mother and father. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not lie. You shall not covet. Now, these were a set of biblical principles relating to ethics and worship, right? How do we worship God? How do we go and and morality and have ethics and all these different things? And these rules and law were helpful and they were a guide to the nation. But in Galatians, what we just read, it talks about how this law was given to us 430 years after Abraham. And it was technically Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob turned into the nation of Israel with his 12 sons, 12 tribes. And it was about that time when God changed the name of Israel 430 years later when he gave up this system, this law. It's what the Bible calls the old covenant, a a way of living, where it's clearly there's a definition, a standard, and it's based off behavior. And as you follow it or as you don't follow it, there are certain consequences. And so when we talk about the law, we're talking about this law, the Ten Commandments, the the Levitical law, the system, and God, how God interacted uh, with us and how he blessed his people. And Paul starts off by saying, although the law was good and it was holy, it doesn't replace the promise to save us, to sustain us, to make a way for us and and uh, uh, substitute the relationship of how we have a relationship with God. The law brings order. It brings structure. And let me just tell you, I love this. I love rules. I love boxes defining things. I love, um, man, I mean, think about Redemption Church even. Uh, we couldn't do all the stuff that we do if there was no system. Even this these devotionals, I, I try to do twice a week. Uh, there are just so many rules and structures and systems. Uh, when you apply it to your life, it brings order. It brings control. It brings uh, structure, which is a blessing. However, no system, the Bible says, brings salvation, right? It doesn't bring a true comfort, a true joy. It's not supposed to be God. It's supposed to help you thrive and live out your faith. Uh, and that comes, uh, salvation comes from God and a new covenant. And it was a covenant of promise by grace. And we see that promise given to Abraham uh, saying his offspring, not offsprings, plural, but offspring, who is Christ, would come and would save us. And so uh, he Paul right now in this first section gives us an example that once a covenant or a promise is made, especially by God, it can never be broken. No one can ratify it. It can't be annulled. And Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 17, we see that God made a covenant of grace with Abraham that he would send a savior, the Messiah, a person right out of Abraham's seed or bloodline to save. Verse 18 says, for if the inheritance comes by the law, it no longer It no longer comes by promise, but God gave it to Abraham by a promise. So you see, just as Abraham believed God's promise, his word, it was accredited to him as righteous or blessed. And so too with us, we are saved by believing in God's word and not obeying a set of rules or the law. This is what's known as the new covenant, the covenant of grace. The law was intended to be a system, but not a savior. And so one may ask, well, why do we have the law then? Why did God give the law to man? Well, that's a great question. And Paul actually answers that. 
He says in point two, the law was intended to show us our sin. The law was intended to show us our sin. In verse 19 through 22, uh, it says this. Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions until the offspring should come up or come to whom the promise had been made. It was to put place through angels by an intermediary. And now an intermediary applies more than one, but God is one. Is the law then contradictory to the promise of God? Certainly not. For if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. But scripture imprisoned everything under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Again, these are big concepts. It's a lot we could talk about, but we have to understand one thing Paul wants to make clear is that the law or God's ways, this old covenant even, is righteous, it's pure, it's holy. You see, it isn't the law that's bad. It's our flesh that's bad. And Paul would tell us in Romans chapter 7, verse 12, that the law is holy, righteous, good. The thing that is corrupt about us is us, our sin nature. Romans chapter 3, another great book about the law and works and salvation and grace. Uh, the Paul would say, three Romans 3.23, For all have fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned. Uh, we have this standard and we fall short of it. And Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And so why the law, verse 19, Paul says, Because God wanted to show us, our great need that we were sinners, that we transgressed. We saw a line and we crossed it. The law uh, is holy and it's of God and it shows us the perfect way, but it also reveals our flaws and our sin nature. James chapter one, verse 22 through 25, it talks about how the law um, is like a mirror that actually helps us see our dirty face. But, you know, as I even look at the screen and see myself, I may it may be able to present something to me and I could see something, but I don't use this screen to wash my face. It just reveals things. I need water. I need soap to wash my face. And it's the same thing with the law. The law was intended to reveal to us who we are and who God is and his perfectness and our imperfectness. And so to put it another way, Romans 7, 7, Paul said, what then shall we say that the law is sin? By no means. Yet if it had not been for the law, I would have not known sin for I have not, uh, for I would have not known what it is to covet if the law had not said you shall not covet. And so the law was given to uh, Galatians says, imprison us, right? Uh, to help us see our need for a savior and that we couldn't save ourselves based off of our works, our own behavior, but we're saved by the promise and the word of God of what he's done. And by claiming and receiving that grace, we are saved. James 2.10 tells us, for whoever keeps the whole law, but fails in one, one point has become guilty of it all. And you know, that's really what sin is. It's to miss the mark. It's when you shoot an arrow at a bullseye and you miss it. And so God has given us a standard. He's given us the bullseye and we just miss it. It shows us our transgressions. And so our hope can't be in a system-based, works, behavior-based uh, law. Like if we do stuff, we'll be approved by God. God knew that. He knew that we wouldn't... Um, uh, meet the standard and he still loves us and wants to come to us with grace, not 
law. He just wants to show us that we're not good enough and that we need him. So Paul says in verse 21 through 22, we need to have faith in Jesus to be saved, faith in Jesus to enjoy his grace. And so he says, for if a law was given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. But the scripture imprisoned everything under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus might be given to those who believe. We must believe in Jesus and not our own works for God fulfilled uh, a perfect life you and I couldn't live and gives us his righteousness. For 2 Corinthians 5.21 says he, uh, speaking of God, um, became, uh, speaking of Jesus, became sin. Uh, he, he became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. And so God on the cross took our punishment, took our shame. So we do not no longer relate to him uh, things according to the flesh, akin things to the system uh, of even the law. We relate to him by grace and we boldly enter into relationship by his undeserved favor, his blessing, his new covenant of of grace. And so it leads Paul to this third and final thought, verses 23 through 29. Uh, the law was intended to point us to Christ. The law was intended to point us to Christ. It wasn't intended to be a savior. Uh, it was a system and it was to show us our sin and it points us to Jesus Christ. Now, before Paul says in verse 23, before faith came, we were held captive under the law in prison until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith for as many of you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither uh, male nor female for you are all in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring heirs, according to the promise. Pro Paul in this last section, he uses an illustration of a guardian. Uh, some translations like New King James say tutor. Uh, it, it's very, it was very common. This Greek word back then would be like a caretaker uh, for children. It was very common for kids to be picked up by guardians after school and for them to take care of them until they matured and were able to take care of themselves. That's the word or the idea or the illustration and picture Paul is using here. He tells us that the law is like this. You see, you are not born by a guardian. We're born by the spirit and belief in Jesus. We're born again, Jesus said, uh, through faith, uh, by grace. But the guardian he would bring you up. He would guide you. He would help you until you're mature. And just as the law doesn't make you born again or spiritually alive, it does help us mature. It does help us grow. It does guide us. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. And it gives us direction in what God's standard is. And the work of a guardian was for preparation for a child's maturity, right? It was a special season in that child's life but void once a child became mature and was able to take care of himself. And the Bible says now by grace, the word of God and the law of God is written in our hearts, not on paper or the law, uh, this, but and written on our hearts. And the spirit of God guides us and matures us and grows. And we obey the law of God, not out of obligation now, but out of love. One commentary when I was reading this section said, once the child came of age, he no longer needed the guardian. So the law was a preparation for the nation of Israel until the coming of the promised seed, Jesus Christ. The ultimate goal in God's program was his 
coming. You see, the law was just there to point us to Jesus. It was a placeholder until we mature and understand grace and walk in grace. This is why Paul says in verse 26, for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. Our maturity, our salvation comes through faith in Jesus and not by following the law. We obey now because of a response of God's love. We never do God's law uh, to earn God's love, but rather respond to God's love. And so in verse 27, Paul puts it this way. He says, put on Christ through baptism in believing, identifying with Jesus as our Savior. You see, Christ is another word. Uh, the Hebrew word would be Messiah. Christ means anointed one. It was this promised one, Abraham's bloodline, the seed, the offspring to come and to give life. Uh, God gave us the law so that we would know that we aren't Christ ourselves, that we weren't saviors and we couldn't save ourselves. But God, in his great love, John 3, 16, sent his son, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, because he loves us. He loves us uh, and he loves sinners. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us to save us. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And so this salvation that we have is in Jesus for everyone. Everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, the Bible says. And this is why Paul says, well, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. But we are all one in Christ. And if you are in Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs, according to the promise. I said this quote by Warren Wiersbe last time when I talked about the deficiencies of the law. I want to say it one more time because it's a powerful quote as we sort of wrap our time and end in this section of just the purpose of the law. He says the law is an external thing and the and people need an internal power if their lives are to be transformed. We need the spirit of God to transform our lives and he gives us this by his grace. He gives us by his grace, not the letter of the law condemning us, but simply pointing us to God's sufficiency of his grace and his savior Jesus Christ. And so just wanted to briefly share that with you. Obviously, I skipped a lot of that because it's a huge section and we can dive a lot deeper. But thanks for letting me go a little longer today because uh, I'm going to take a little three week vacation. Enjoy God's grace, how he has given me and my family and spend time with them. But I wanted you to understand the purpose of the law. It's it's deficient right? It can't save us. Uh, Paul had so much confidence, not in the law, but in Christ in, in second Corinthians chapter three, verses four through six, our last devotional this time, I wanted to dig deep and just say, Hey, well, what is the purpose of the law? It, it gives us a system, a way of living to please God because we love him and care for him, but it was never intended to be a savior. It was intended to show us God's perfectness and actually, actually show us our imperfectness that we need a savior. It was intended to point us to Jesus Christ. And so we only receive God's grace by faith, not by our works, not relating to God in this, uh, am I good? Am I bad enough? He loves us because of who he is and what he's done. We now enjoy his grace and we can walk in that. So continue to keep standing in God's grace, uh, believing and remaining in Jesus, abiding in him. And as we do, man will bear much fruit. Praise God for God's grace and praise God for the law that we can now love him 
serve him, be guided by him and please him and obey him uh, out of worship and adoration of our hearts in response to his love. So God bless you guys. We will see you in a few weeks. If you want to check out more biblical content, uh, feel free to subscribe to this podcast on the audio version. You can get all the information at redemptiondb.com and there's a lot more content, uh, including more Bible studies and uh, those type of things. Enjoy these next couple weeks away. We'll see you when we see you and we'll see you soon. God bless you guys.